0: Momentum, it's one of those things as riders we learn very quickly, very early, that it can either work for you or work against you. And if it's working against you, it's probably doing so as you're trying to canter around a bend or a corner initially. That's what we're going to talk about today, how you can get momentum to rather work with you rather than against you as you work through a corner or a circle with your horse. Hi there, my name is Lauren and I'd like to welcome you to the Daily Strides podcast where each and every week we take something to do with horse riding a topic and we break it down into one well, more easily understandable and more easily to work through pieces that you can then use with your horse in the arena to help both of you progress on with your riding. Uh, I know firsthand from watching people Um, years and years of watching people how sometimes the excitement of initially getting their own horse and whether it be purchasing a horse or leasing a horse whatever the case is very very quickly becomes well somewhat dulled by the fact that it also tends to coincide with the first times that they'll maybe be working in the arena without an instructor and a trainer and when you don't have a plan for each and every ride yet Progress tends to halt, it comes to a grinding halt. And not only that, a lot of riders will actually start going backwards with their riding or I suppose they'll feel that because there's no progress being made it becomes very very frustrating and like anything once you add some frustration in there it tends to go wrong very quickly. Well we helped to put an end to all that and I'm going to let you know at the end of this how you can get your hands on all the daily strides lessons to help you have a plan each time in the arena. But let us get back to today and as mentioned we are talking about specifically cantering through corners or bends or circles with your horse. And the reason I wanted to work on this is because I see over and over and over again in the arena how riders, they begin to canter. It's all great when they're going straight, okay? But inevitably, they're going to have to get around a bend or a corner at some point and that is where things just go wrong. Now it can go wrong in a whole multitude of ways but I mentioned at the very beginning about the momentum okay and I, I do want to stick on that a little bit we'll talk about it a little bit later. But um, the momentum when it goes horribly wrong very often sees the rider and the horse while they might enter the corner or enter the circle correctly um, <laughs> with each passing stride the rider kind of seems to almost be pulled there's like a magnet there it's pulling them to the outside um, of the horse and of course as the horse is then turning to the inside eventually if the circle or the bend continues on well they tend to part company okay uh, it's not nice for anybody it's it's not nice to watch it happen to somebody you almost feel very very helpless um, because it's like one of those very slow things you can just see it progressing and it's like no um but I know uh, for the riders as well it's something that very quickly can ruin your confidence uh, regarding cantering as a whole. So that is why I wanted to work on it. Now, the other ways is that when we are cantering through corners or around bends where things can go wrong, you'll often see that horses become disunited, uh, particularly behind. It. So what happens is they, it's almost like they change legs behind um, their hindquarters, but their front end stays on the the Original lead that they were cantering on, and it's down to the rider again. Um, the momentum aspect, uh, very often, that happens to this, of course. And this is ruling out that your horse has any back issues or anything going on. But um, if you're finding that that's happening a lot, this will definitely help you out. And um, other things that can go wrong as you're cantering through circles, or bends, or corners is that your horse might begin to fall in on you, or your horse might fall out through the shoulder, or your horse. Might swing the hindquarters in or out. Out is generally the common one, but all of these things lead to the fact that any energy that is being created, and of course, we want this energy to be created in the hindquarters, but this energy is. Basically, not being channeled or not flowing the correct way. Okay, so that momentum, which you can use either for or, or I suppose, it can work for or against you. It's definitely working against you, and not only that, it is being lost. Okay, so the canter is one of those uh, gates where, as you begin to, I suppose, become more balanced and more confident in riding it you can really allow that momentum to carry both you and your horse through the canter. However, if you can only do that when you're on a straight line, well, that's no good. So what must we do if this happens? Well, the first thing I want to bring our attention to, and um, I know we're going to get into our seat and all that just now, but very often I find the reason that riders tend to... (laughs) become well a little bit undone around corners in the canter is due to their upper body so um the canter I think more so than any other gait your upper body when in canter or when you're cantering um, has a big big effect or a big relationship I suppose to what your lower body is doing now I'm more talking about your torso here so I'm talking about what your shoulders are doing how they are affecting what your hips are doing okay if that makes sense And what you'll often find is that many riders are pulling their horses to the outside. And even if it's subconsciously, but a lot of the time it comes from the fact that their shoulders are not... I suppose leading them in where they want to go okay so we all know and it's kind of hammered into us <laughs> from a young age if we started riding young that we have to look where we're going okay it's, it's good advice in life in general uh, but it, it really really is important when we're on a horse you have to look where you're going and you'll very often find that when you look where you're going your shoulders will kind of automatically maybe not turn turn is a big word but they'll be inclined more inclined to go in that direction and not only that you then find that this begins to affect what happens in your hips okay so um down through your core and then you'll find that your whole body now is being affected by how you're looking where you're going and as i mentioned before a lot of riders are so focused on maybe keeping out through the corner so they know they're not allowed to let their horse fall in or they're not allowed to let, let their horse cut the corner whatever the case is so they want to pull their horse out and in doing so they end up with their shoulders in the wrong position which then goes on to affect the seat okay now we want to talk about the seat so in the canter your inside seat bone is always going to be slightly in front of your outside seat bone it's always going to lead the way there as you're cantering along and what a lot of riders maybe become a little bit confused with is the fact that we're often told to weight the inside seat bone okay now where this becomes confusing is that riders think they must kind of shift all their weight onto the inside seat bone so there's actually no weight on the outside seat bone at all and even more so if you can imagine that we could slice your horse we could um, t- kind of cut your horse in half with you on top. There should be an equal amount of your body on both sides of that horse, okay? So, so if, we, if we could cut you and your horse in half, um, it would still remain equal um, through, I suppose, each half, even though we'd cut it in half right the way from ears to tail, if that makes any sense to you. Um, but what people tend to do when they want to weight their inside seat bone is they shift their whole body to the inside. Now, I want your, you to think of your horse's back, when, particularly in the canter all the time when you're writing but I find it works well in the canter if you can imagine you had a stick or a whip a crop in between your two hands and that if you were to very gently apply pressure with both your hands so your hands are going to come closer together your your stick or your whip or your crop would have an equal bend all the way through okay does that make sense Yes, okay, that is what we want our horses back to look like as he is going through the corner, the bend, the circle when he's in canter. Now, I want you to begin thinking about you being on top of that stick, okay? So we've still got a, between our two hands and we've, I don't know, a model of you, a clay model of you, a lead model of you, sitting there on the stick um, halfway down, of course, where the saddle would be. And uh, you're, you're then going to ride this. Now, I want you to think about... That weight, okay, whatever you have representing you that's sitting on that stick of leaning to the inside, okay, it is going to push the stick over to the outside so the stick is going to have more of a bend um, in it and it may actually break if enough pressure is applied to that stick from that weight that is representing you the stick will break okay i want you to think about the same thing if we were to lean that weight to the outside okay and then push it against the stick because that's essentially what happens with your seat bones if you're going to lean to the inside or the outside it is going to then push against okay it's almost a diagonal push that's going to happen um a force pressure onto your horse and think about how that will then affect the the quality of the bend through the stick okay so when you are riding your horse you need to all the time think about being balanced and being centered symmetrical and that equal on both sides uh, around the bend with your horse and I want you to rather think about when we say weighting the inside seat bone it's almost like you want to elongate the inside of your body okay so instead of contracting it or compressing it making it smaller so think about if you were to drop your inside shoulder uh, closer to your hip I want you to feel if you just do that now whether you're on your horse you're on the ground pushes all the way to the outside can you feel that okay so that's not going to work whereas if you think about without actually lifting your inside shoulder just trying to elongate through your body there can you feel how it just slightly drops a little bit more weight into your seat bone without your inside seat bone without your seat bones moving anywhere they haven't moved but by if you can just imagine it's almost like a almost in your head as opposed to it being a physical thing that happens, even though it is physical, but it's it's very much internal, it's inside of your torso. And um, that when you elongate there, it drops that. And then I want you to think about taking that a step further to drop down into your inside heel. Okay. So the heel on your inside leg is going to drop as well. And you're elongating that whole side, okay? That is what you want when you're traveling around the corner with your horse in canter, okay? Um, You don't want to, in any way, kind of lean to the inside. We're not riding motorbikes, we're riding horses. So we don't want to lean to the inside. We don't want to pull our horse around the corner. We don't want anything else. You know, um, when I was learning to ride a long, long time ago, (laughs) um... I was always told that when I was cantering, my inside leg must be like a telegraph pole, okay, So, or uh, an electricity pole. I said telegraph pole recently to the children here, and they looked at me, and they said, Auntie Lorna, what is a telegraph pole? And I thought, golly gosh, I am getting old. But um, so you want your inside leg to be there. But I want to take it a step further and think about your inside, the whole inside of of your body okay and by inside obviously i'm i'm talking about whichever way you're bending with your horse it's being dictated that's the inside okay but think about that being a telegraph pole or an electricity pole and you want it to be long and i suppose something that your horse can see and respect in order to bend around and if you think about it that way it won't become maybe quite so compressed as you are riding along with your horse okay so obviously there's other things that are going to happen and um, in the canter so we have to then think about our our legs which, uh, our seat and our, our contact or our hand aids that are going on as well but I want you if you can just take one thing away from this I want you to begin focusing on what your shoulders are doing how that's affecting your seat bones and think about weighting that seat bone and not only that being symmetrical all the way through and then from there work through that and kind of even if you can only hold it for maybe two or three strides initially and um, but being able to work up to control that now a lot of this I say control and that is important because a lot of how your horse or how you're riding your horse how well it happens or I suppose how Maybe how much progress is made comes down to you being able to control yourself in the saddle. So I would definitely suggest that if you feel that your body, you can't control your body. And I know particularly with um, more novice riders that it, it that is the big maybe factor that happens. And it's strangely enough, it's one of those things where even if people are extremely fit, they can be almost a little bit too rigid. It, it, it's one of those things where you have to really hit a happy medium in order for it to become very fluid when you're riding your horse. And um, but I would definitely suggest maybe looking at doing some exercises and getting yourself fit and ready in order to ride a corner successfully <laughs> and to stay with your horse through the corner. <laughs> it just makes life a hell of a lot easier, eh? And you don't have to stress and worry every time you see a bend coming up. And um, we all know in the arena you're going to meet a corner uh, every couple of meters anyway so um, yeah it's, it's a good one to be able to do guys this week in daily strides premium we are going to be working through this all week we're going to be focusing on your upper body tomorrow and then the rest of the week we're going to talk about our seat phones and not only that this channeling the energy of channeling the momentum and getting it to work for us rather than against us but as I mentioned, one of the big parts is being able to control your body enough in order to then control the energy um, that's happening underneath you. And if you have not already, I would love to invite you to pop over to the 30 Day Rider Fitness Challenge. It's free and you can join there, and that will most certainly help you if you're struggling with that in the saddle. You can find it at 30, the number 30, dayriderfitnesschallenge.com. Very simple and uh, I'll send that to you. If you would like to join us for the rest of this week's lessons, and not only this week's lessons, all the past lessons, um, you can pop over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash join. All the details are in there. It's ready. It's waiting for you. And um, yeah, you can start today and start choosing lessons you want and get going with your horse. As I said, have a plan for every single time you ride. Have an absolutely super week. Keep well, and I'll chat to you soon. Bye.